Welcome back, everybody. It's Chip and Eric reading through the Bible, except today, as you know, is Sunday, which means we got a friend with us. And our friend today is Ken. Ken, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Eric. I absolutely love having Ken here. This is one of my favorites. A little known fact about Ken. Not a lot of people know this. Uh, He has never beaten me in a game of pool. Very interesting fact about Ken. I know he really wanted me to share that with all of you. That's not what I thought we were going to lead off with. No, but yeah, I like to really get people off. Get you on your heels early. That's nice. That's perfect. (laughs) Oh, man. So Ken... Uh, amazing dude. Uh, he and his wife are part of the church plant team at Harvest Church. Love that. He's uh, a drummer and uh, just rocks out on Sunday mornings. Ken, super glad to have you here, man. Well, thanks, Eric. I feel like I've finally made it. This is like, <laughs> yeah. And this is the Ken of Ken and Jennifer who are always giving us delicious treats too. Like, I mean, all those other things. Sure. Yeah, whatever. But like the whole don't muzzle the ox. That, yeah. that was the inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> now you're the ox. I know. Right? Now With people owe Ken some snacks. Right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, guys, uh, today we are going to be reading Genesis chapter 49 and 50, and then we're going to read John 10, 22 through 42. So, Ken, you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. Well. All right, Jacob's last words to his sons. Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, Gather around me, and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength, the child of my vigorous youth. You are first in rank and first in power, but you are as unruly as a flood, Hmm. and you will be first no longer. For you went to bed with my wife, you defiled my marriage couch. Simon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings, May I never be a party to their plans, for in their anger they murdered men and they crippled oxen just for sport. A curse on their anger, for it is fierce. A curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck, and your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his foal to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. Zebulun will settle by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon. Issachar is a sturdy donkey resting between two saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the pond, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse's, horse's hooves so its rider is thrown off. I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. Gad will be attacked by marauding bands, but he will attack but he will attack them when they retreat. Asher will dine on rich foods and produce food fit for kings. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is the foal of a wild donkey, the foal of a wild donkey at spring, 
one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut. His arms were strengthened by the, might, by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. May the God of your father help you. May all, the Almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above and the blessings of the watery depths below and the blessings of the breasts and womb. May my fatherly blessing on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors, reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May those blessings rest on the heads of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. Jacob's death and burial. Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. This is the cave in the this is the cave in the field of Machpheli near Mamre in Canaan that Abram brought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried, and there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land and the cave that my grandfather Abraham brought, bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished this charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and joined his ancestors in death. Genesis chapter 50. <clears throat> Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took the usual 40 days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for 70 days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I am about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officers of Egypt. Joseph also took the entire household and his brothers in their households, but they left their little children in flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad, near the Jordan River, they had... They held a very great and solemn memorial service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad. Then they named that place, which is near the Jordan, Abel Mizraim, for they said, This is a place of deep mourning for these Egyptians. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as his permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. Joseph reassures his brothers. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to, their, to, the, to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in testing you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, 
We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. The death of Joseph. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim, and he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son, Machir, who he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to you, come to help you and lead you out of the, this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, when, when God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. All right, forward we go to the New Testament here. Okay. All right, Jesus claims to be the Son of God. <clears throat> it is now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in, sus in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you do not believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hands. The Father and I are one. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, At my Father's direction I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, We are stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. Hmm. Jesus replied, It is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say, you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's message were gods, were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say, I am the Son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do His work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done, even if you don't believe me. Then you will know and understand the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River, near the place where John was first baptizing, and stayed there a while. And many followed him, and many followed him. John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another. But everything he said about this man has come true, and many who were there believed in Jesus. And that is our reading today. Hey, good job, man. Man, I forgot to say. That's okay. You want to try it again? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that is, is our reading, reading today. today. Nice. Oh I felt complete. Yes. Man, okay. Very cool. Um, finished a book of the Bible. That's the first one we finished this year, Ken. So, yeah. like, you're the man. You closed out Genesis That's for a, us. That is amazing. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So, we read all of that. You know this. We have two questions of mine. We always do. But for those who maybe haven't been here before, or you just need to hear it because it makes you feel comforted, uh, the two questions are, 
What does this tell us about God? And what does this tell us? No, that's last year. This is the second time I've done that. You did that. Oh my goodness. I'm on autopilot. How does this help me love God more? How does this help me love others more? And Ken, you can answer either one of those questions, whichever one you want. Or both, man. Go nuts. It would be the Ken and Ken show. That's okay. Um, uh, You know what? I'll take, I'll take God. Okay. How does this love, how does this help me love, or what was the question again? How does this help me love God more? Yeah, how does this help me love God more? Okay. All right. So God always has a plan. Even when you don't see it, Mm -hmm. God always has a plan. And nobody, um, you can, you can, you can't see that any better than when you look at Joseph. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that when, I'm sure that when Joseph was, um, sold into slavery. Um, that that was probably a pretty pretty low moment, probably one of the lowest moments of his life. And I'm sure he couldn't see what God had in store for him, right? Right. But 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 chapter 50 shows that it, just exactly how big of a deal Joseph became. Yeah. Right. So so his dad dies, not him, but his dad, and he goes to Pharaoh and says, you know, I need to take my dad home and bury him. And not only does Pharaoh say yes. But he sends his, uh-huh. his his advisors, his 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 leaders, the military command. I mean, talk about a funeral, you know, procession back to Canaan to 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 bury Jacob. So I mean, that's 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 how big of a deal Joseph became. Um, and clearly, when he was sold into slavery, he 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 couldn't see that. But I mean, his brothers not only you know when when jacob died his brothers were like oh man we're in trouble right i mean he's yeah, gonna right he's gonna you know he's gonna take out you know, rightfully so he would you know he's gonna he's gonna take out his wrath on us but he says and i think it's in, in in 19 he says uh he says don't be afraid am i god that i can punish you you intended to harm me but god intended yep. it all for good yep. he brought me to this position so i could see the light of many yeah so when i look at my life and i see where i'm at spiritually physically mentally when i see you know I can I can look back at my life and I can I can identify some really low moments that I would not want to go back and relive. Sure. But I can also see how those have brought me to where I am today. Yeah. So I love that. God always has a plan. That that is solid. That is the takeaway from Joseph's life is that it's is that line that he says, hey, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Like that is just such a beautiful line. And yeah, one that we can definitely pick up. And it's the line that helps me love others better and love others more because look, people are going to hurt you. People are going to misuse you, mistreat you, abuse you, you know, send you off into slavery. You know, like it doesn't get worse than that. Like they are going to mistreat you, but you have no idea how God's going to work that out. And so Joseph springboards off of everything you just said, God has a plan. He springboards off of all of that. And then he says, so why should I be mad at you? If God always had this plan, I'm going to continue to provide for you. I'm going to continue to love you. I'm going to continue to protect you in this kingdom. And we know that he does because uh, Exodus opens up with, hey, finally, eventually a Pharaoh comes around who doesn't know Joseph. So like, obviously Joseph continued to take care of not just his household and his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, but also all of the brothers and their kids. Like he obviously is taking care of all of them and protecting them and his reputation is protecting them until it's not, until the pharaohs forget so like he sees it that way that hey if god if god truly always has a plan then i shouldn't hold it against the people who harm me you know and i i mean i'm sure i'm not the only one like i have people in my life that i can remember back and i'm like oh yeah this person did that and you know set me on this course and you know it was so wrong of them to do that to me and then you're right like it gets to a point that god can use it 
right? So, and of course, God uses everything. Nothing is wasted. Yeah, that's the takeaway from the the book, the story of of Joseph for sure. I do want to briefly mention one thing that helps me love God more in all of this is also in John chapter ten. Just knowing, like, we can see Jesus. You know, no one has seen the Father. You know, as as he'll say, no one has seen the Father. But if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Or here in John uh, ten thirty, I and the Father are one. You know, the Father and I are one. Like that helps me love God more because it gives me this tangible. Jesus is not different from the Father, like in character. Right. You know, he has a different work, a different role, um, but they're both God, and so he's not different in character. So when we look at Jesus, we can think, okay, that's what the Father is like. He's exactly like Jesus. He loves the truth. He helps people. He's our savior, like all of those things. And so it helps me love God more to know all of God is like Jesus. He's the ultimate revelation about him. So cool, man. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for reading with me today. Absolutely. I can't wait to read with you again. It's going to be awesome. And I bet everyone's going to give you a bunch of love on Facebook too. That's what I bet's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And snacks. Listen, you guys owe him a debt of snacks for he is now the ox and you cannot muzzle the ox. Oh, that's so good. Hey, maybe next time you'll convince your wife to come on too. Yeah. Okay. Be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She can bring the snacks. Oh my she's goodness. She's a really good snack getter. Yeah, she I, is. I'd like to take credit, but she really is the brains behind that. That's operation. okay, man. Hey, that's fine. She she can continue to be the snack provider. And then I'll never pressure her to read. There you go. There you go. Yeah. As long as she, you know, feeds the ox as it treads out the grain, there's no that's reason right. to pressure her. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We are so grateful that you're here. If this is your first day, welcome. Um, I hope you go back and listen to all the rest. If this is your, uh, let's see, what day could it have been? What day of the week is this? Oh, yeah. 21st day. Oh, my goodness. We're three weeks in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. So if this is your third week of reading the Bible, so congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> he says as we're reading in the cold. Uh, yeah. This could be a three-week streak for somebody. That's amazing. That's good, guys. Or it could be your, let's see, 107th week if you've done them all, right? Right. Wow. Cool. All right, guys. We are going to go, and we're thankful for you. We're proud of you. Ken, you proud of them? Absolutely. Awesome. All right, we'll catch you guys later.